Hello, Paul here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. I'm sure you'll be absolutely delighted that once again, I'm not going to burble on about much. We've got a fast and fun-packed episode for you this week, and I'm sure it'll be over in a flash before you know it. Please enjoy episode 77. Let's get serious. I got this... um conversion to 5e from a classic adventure the lost city it's called so it's uh right i've forgotten the name of the publisher but they uh they've done a really nice job but a lot of the original monsters were uh save or die spy you know poison spiders um Sorry, things what like edition that. is it what edition is it converted <laughs> from from first edition oh okay right. yeah 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 uh, so a totally different so the question is that, I mean, the, the old save the same with Team of Horrors, the conversion's a lot watered down. I mean, that's what used to make D&D terrifying when you had characters with save or die poison. Yeah, but the reality, well, also, of, the reality of the situation is when your character dies, which they did a lot when we first started playing, admittedly, mm. we were like 11, but um, mm. basically characters died all the time and you spent your time just on the sidelines watching other people play for hours which yes. is what you hate the most it's very boring i hated that yeah but it yeah. did change and, the and, dynamic and, of the exploring because you were a lot more cautious yeah and that's yes. bad as well because it slows down gameplay made it fun yes. though no, but it, 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 yeah. i think that's a difference though because you used to have the situation where not everything was not every challenge could be met Yes. Whereas in most of the adventure paths now, they're all level-appropriate challenges. Very occasionally well, you find something that's a little bit too, you know, the, the sandboxy nature is is quite rare. Yeah, that is an interesting, because that mm. is a third edition. That's an artifact of third edition. The idea that there is a level, well, actually, oddly, do you remember Monster Mark in um, White Dwarf back in the like, late Weirdly, 70s, Weirdly, I 80s? do. They, where they came up with a system to basically rate opponent rate encounters or monsters against whatever level you were so that you were level appropriate i mean i suppose they were having a stab at it but it actually being enshrined and kind of mathematically built into the the rule set that is a third edition thing isn't it isn't it yes um we used and to ever go since then dice, didn't you to to work out how difficult you said, was. yeah you said yeah there was a kind of it was a ready reckoning kind of like okay well this looks about right We'll give it a shot, but there was, but there's this assumption that you, I don't know, Graham's right. The idea that there might be a dragon in a cave and mm. your first level, and the answer to that is don't go into the cave with well, the dragon. Well, until, until was you supposed to be like that. You went down one of the temples, and it was far <laughs> too high a level for you. But you kept Princess of the Apocalypse readers. <laughs> kept going, yeah, you kept trying, trying to, to do it. <laughs> and you, you, I didn't want to say that it was like three levels, four levels higher than you are at the moment, but you just kept saying, oh, we've got to go back, we've got to keep going. It's like a com- so it's a combination, isn't it? It's like the the, 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 presum- the presumption in the maths is It's that, still going is on, that you- isn't it? It's still going that you- on. We yes, it's true. We haven't conquered the Earth section. We haven't finished. Yeah, Let's go back there. It's just another... <laughs> <thing. laughs> well, yeah, we should go yeah, back. We, we might right, right take on the bits now. that we might couldn't be, do before. Yeah. We didn't have an obvious other place to go. But do you see what I mean? Oh, well, it looked like it, everything was leading us this way. Well, yeah. But, but maybe that's because we've now become like brainwashed right into the idea that you should eventually be able to do it. Yes. yes. Yeah, I think that's what but you're saying. That's Rather that's than what we're talking about. This is impossibly difficult. You you should never go this way. Yes, exactly. That's that's definitely something that when you pr- when you make when you have the presumption in the 
maths of the game that you're involved you kind of live so so the, the one that was always was fourth edition which i know caused all sorts of whatever we're not going to get into a fourth edition discussion but that literally scaled it like if you tried to pick a lock right as a third level character i know i'm this is somebody somebody who loves fourth edition will jump down my throat for this i'm sure but the idea was that effectively the dc's scale with level so that right so that it's like it is a bit of a, a philosophical point but a lock that you encounter when you're third level is going to have a lower DC than a lock that you encounter when you're 16th level, but not as a property of the lock itself, unless you could say, well, hold up, that lock wouldn't be there, right? You can say the lock wouldn't be there <laughs> um, at all if they weren't 16th level because they're in the city of the great overlord or something. But the idea that DCs scale with level and that challenges scale with level is something that is a, an artifact of third edition and beyond. That I find, and then and save or die, you left. We left behind with pretty much with first, second edition. Yeah, I mean, third edition's got some. I don't know what I think about save or die because it is supposed to be a tabletop game, which I think also has a bearing on my approach to meta gaming. Um, yeah, but but it, it, well, yeah, but basically, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's two halves to the game. There's the storytelling, and then there's the tabletop bit. And the tabletop bit is a is a strategy game. You know, where you've got fixed amount of uh, range for certain things and you can move a certain distance and you get bonuses for certain thing, which is things, which is why I like Pathfinder, I guess. Yes, you like the games more. The mechanic, widget- yeah, the mechanic. Tactical widgetry. Yeah, you can seek advantage mm. and that mm. leads to very fluid yes. combats. But I think D&D has retained a nicely fluid combat. I mean, in first edition, you'd run up to something and then you'd roll initiative every round and just stand there toe-to-toe until one of you falls over. Oh, I've been listening to Tale of the Manticore where he rolls initiative every round, like in the old days. Yeah. D- D6. So you could effectively get two goes on the spin Ooh, yeah, because you could that. lose, it's... then win. That yeah. Tale of the Manticore was, a... was brilliant. Absolutely it brilliant. Is, it is brilliant. It's save or suck is the thing that used to bother me more than save or die. Save or die wasn't that common. There was like the Catobla Pass, or whatever that monster was. Yeah. There was some really nasty things. There was the imp, the saving throw, the piranha imp saving throw. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, piranha <laughs> demons. But there, was, but there were loads of things where you would just, in a, and this per- persisted into third edition, fear effects, paralysis effects, you were just out of the game for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah. And it's just a question of whether or not you like that level of jeopardy and that that brings in an atmosphere in the game. Yes, that that that, that peril makes the game uh, more fun. There's a, some guys that we... I don't want to get into that. But that I think that makes that can make the game more fun. But yes, it takes away the, the tactical figurine-based combat, grid-based combat game that you like so much, Dan. Because... Well, I mean, that, but there's certainly something to be said for... A mixture, I think, mm. you know, where and there are there are save or die effects if you if you want to um, if you want to use them as a DM. Well, in fifth edition, yes, and also you can change any rule you like. But as we, right? but I mean, you, you've got to remember also as we've got older, we tend to play more pre-written stuff. Yes, that definitely is a factor. Um, yeah, because then of course all of the mathematics is all again baked in mm. to make it level appropriate. And the threats are level appropriate. Yeah. But the idea that you, I mean, there's things, things like massive damage and stuff, right? You can fall off a cliff. I mean, you can, that's the end of, that's the end of you. But it's just that element where perhaps people aren't fearing, I don't know. I think also as you get older, we become more subtle in the way that we put stories together. I mean, the way that, you know, the campaigns, the Malazan (laughs) campaign, things like that, you know, it's more about the story. There's less, you know, the, 
the suspense is certainly in the way that the story develops and rather than you know one character gets massive damage and you know there's more subtlety in what we yes. do you know obviously as i mean you know when we were teenagers and we playing arding grimoire i mean it was all about you know hey, kill blood hack you know but it yes was, and also but it, was it was a mechanic bit, wasn't yeah. it the, the story was the same every time and essentially you have at any given time you have three choices you know it's like door number one door yeah. number two or door number three yeah yes agreed it was a it was a pretext in order for to, to do effectively yes. square bashing corridor crunching dungeon crawling with fights and then basically yeah. adventure paths came along that, that yes. kind of moved the thing away from that binary thing or or managed to encapsulate that binary thing in a much more open format which i'd like so you I have more so. story now i think pies had a lot to do with that yeah. um certainly for us i mean it's true it's probably true to say that a lot of these ideas were out there all the time and we just didn't engage with them Maybe. because of the kind of game that we like to play yeah. and that as we sort of drifted into third edition and then to pass the finder and we started looking for and we got much more time poor in terms of being able to generate our own stuff then you're picking stuff off the shelf as soon as you're picking stuff off the shelf and you're entering that world of you know adventure paths and story and, uh, but we i mean i, I enjoy mean, it and otherwise we wouldn't be doing we, the age of we worms, still right? did. Yeah. what was but that one right, right at the beginning the way, in, second about, the bit was... in which we're in the middle of a great big <laughs> which we're in the middle of a great big fight <laughs> against shape-shifting dwarves <laughs> so you know maybe we aren't maybe it's not that story based but anyway yeah <laughs> Speaking of which, yes. Mm. Speaking of which, speaking of which, shall we? We well, I can. Um, we aren't going to recap, but I will scene set that we left it with um, Burple. You rather cleverly have cast enemies abound on one of these two um, pitchblade. Um, they're Dwergar, shapeshifting dwarves. Um, Procyon, you have bedeviled and sorcelled his mind, and he's attacked. He's attacked one of the stewards, and he has been disqualified by the stewards by Telebir. Yes, yes. Um, and that is kind of where we are. We picked up stuff. You've got, um, I think, you've got um, Cuthbert and um, Severian out splinter sitting in the shadows behind the throne. I'm gonna get him. It's the chuckle every time. <laughs> Talking of which, my, sorry, my the shadows behind the throne made me think about my, um, just... my my fantasy trilogy that I'm working on. Yeah. Uh oh. What's the well, first thought, part called? First part, now don't test me. First part's called the sword behind the shield. It's the behind the ad. Yeah. Uh-huh. First part's called the sword behind the shield. Second part we know is the shadows behind. The, no, yeah, the shadows behind the throne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need that. And then the, the third part is the weasel behind the tapestry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Then, then I was thinking, <laughs> I have been thinking about a science fiction. Um, oh yeah. You know. Well, first of all, I want to finish my my um, cooking with wine. My my um my book of you know my cookery book that's the whiny and then, ad and then the whiny ad yeah and then i'm thinking a science fiction i'm thinking um a million stars without number yeah the tautology <laughs> i'm thinking of calling it yeah? a million stars without number and then and then and then at the edge of infinity would be book two and then book three i'm i'm thinking weasel behind the spaceship something like that i don't know anyway right purple we've just had purple's purple run, run away yeah Burple ran away, and we pick up at the beginning of the. Burple moved, you know, to a, a safe distance. And I'm going yeah. to release. I'm going to release the. Um, oh, are you? That's what that, well. That's a very good question. That was that was my next question because do you want to keep the thing running? No. Um, you don't. Okay, interesting. That I have to say, in the time between when we last played and now, I picked the other option. But I'm perfectly happy that you are, you're doing whatever you're doing. So, Parker, 
on 23. Dear reader, by the way, we've got a large elliptical arena. Procyon has been disqualified. Sirius, his twin brother, is fighting Uncle Buggy in one quadrant of the arena. It turns out that there are pits dug into the arena, hidden ones. Well, certainly two that we know of. Buggy fell into one. Parker is in terrible trouble, but has just been healed a little bit by Sessions. Are we going, am I getting all this right? Yeah. And yeah. Alessandra, D, known known to the crowd only as D, uh, <clears throat> is kind of roaming the arena floor. So, Parker. Okay, I am going to move towards... So I got confused. Who's the pink one again? Sirius. Sirius. I'm You've going to, to move back towards Sirius to within 15 feet of Sirius. Mm-hmm. And then Which, I'm what going are your to, hit points looking like at the moment, Parker? I'm on 16 now. Okay. So out of range. Well, so far as you know. Yep. Yeah, well, Fangs of the Fire Snake. And I I'm going go to there. Uh, why not? He can move and hit you. I will move round the pit mm-hmm. towards Sirius to within 15 foot range of him. Mm-hmm. And then I will do a Fangs of the Fire Snake, which mm-hmm. basically allows me to... Um, Attack with your spindly, flamey uh, tendrils. Yes. Yep, do it. Do and it. Let's roll. And then I will do that. And so dice, that basically roll, is... Dice, roll, dice, roll, dice. Yeah, hold on. And I just need to check what the bonus is. So, yeah, that's uh, attacking mm-hmm. at plus six. Mm-hmm. Here we go. So that means well, the first attack I don't think I can bear is, any more anticipation. Um, a... It's a miss. <laughs> 17 is a miss. 17 is a miss. Second oh, no. attack. Yeah, yeah. Is a 26. Oh, 22, 26 is a hit. That 26 is a hit on Sirius. A hit. So that's um, 1d6 plus 3. That's three. Uh, six points of damage. Yep. The third attack is uh, a 24. 24 is a hit as well. Which is um, five points of damage. Mm-hmm. Oh. I've forgotten and about this attack that you've got, attack which is 100 attacks at two points of damage each. Is also a 24. Yeah, another hit. The 5,000 cuts. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's more like it. better, more like it. That's eight, uh, nine points of damage. Nine points of damage, yeah. And then I will move, uh, that was nine, ten, eleven, and we'll move back two squares. To stay out of range of it, right, basically. To stay out of range. Okay. There we go. That's me done. Sitting on his camping stool with his little primer stove, um, reading, uh, flicking idly through the observer, is Sessions on 22. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, Sessions feels he should be a little bit closer to the combat, but not a great deal. So he will edge his way down the side of the pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, not literally, I mean, round the pit, yeah. That yeah. would be so Sessions to just, just climb down edge. into the pit. Yeah, I know. Close the lid up and hope no one notices him. Um, yeah. and, and from there, <laughs> he will uh, he will do um, uh, told the dying on uh, which uh, tumbling dice on our friend uh, Sirius. Sirius, yeah. is it a saving throw? What's the deal? It is a saving throw DC fifteen or wisdom save. What kind of effect is it? Uh, it is. Um, no, he fails that save. It's necrotic damage. And yep. he would take uh, 21 points of necrotic damage, nice. not having Oof. saved to half. Very nice. Very nice. Very okay. Nice. You failed that save to half. Yep. Okay. Um, you think you most of some of that, all of that damage got through? Something. Yep. Okay. And that's kind of. I've moved. I've cast a spell. I take another. 
standing Bow. there, a tiny little figure at the yeah. feet of this enormous Dwergar uh, barbarian warlord. It is uh, Uncle Buggy. Uncle Buggy. Right, I'm going to Uncle Buggy, I've just worked. Uh, Uncle Buggy, a thought has occurred to me, Uncle Buggy. Yes. You've got your backpack, or whatever it is, with two poles sticking up. Yes. One bearing the head of Hoofs, and one bearing the head of Xerxog the Mind Flayer. Yes. Yeah? And you are th three foot tall? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it doesn't affect anything. It's fun. But the idea that the heads are as big as you is, is <laughs> quite entertaining, I think. You see what I mean? It's like yeah. the idea that it's, it's, not like, it's not like you're a kind of big, bulky dwarf with these two things sticking up at the back. It's like you're this tiny little thing, and then there are these two things sticking up. Um, yeah. yeah they've, well, they've been hollowed out and stuffed with straw, so they're quite light heads. It's more the scale. I mean, Zerxog's head alone must be two or three feet right mm. tall, with all of the tentacles then dangling down. Never could boil them up and shrink them. Oh, what, like um, Beetlejuice? <laughs> yeah, like the um, what they used yeah. to anyway, in jar or something. Okay, um, uh, right. I'm going to attack with my uh, great axe, my my okay axe. Yeah, yeah, perfectly um, uh, acceptable axe. Oh, oh, twenty-five, it's and uh, yeah. do the damage. Damage it's is 21 points of damage. Wow, 21 points of damage. Okay, yeah, he's looking quite wounded now. Nice. Really quite wounded. Oh, another hit. I'm rolling really well. Another hit. Yeah, Come on. how much damage? Come on. Is, uh, another 15 points of damage. 15 points of damage. Okay, yes. Now okay. I'm going to use my bonus action to move my spiritual weapon up to it, and it will yep. bash also. So yes. Plus five on this. Yes. Um, 16 plus 1d4 from the bless. Um, 18, 19. 19's a hit. Um, I do awesome. not much damage with the spiritual thing, so it does. Every little counts. Another 9 Force damage. Water damage. Radiant damage, I think it is. Yes. Is it just, radiant? Hang on, radiant, let me just sir. check. Radiant, oh, sir. Radiant. Oh, radiant, sir. Did she, sir? Oh, did she? Oh. It is. Is it, sir? Is it radiant, sir? Oh. It was. Oh. She was radiant. Did you look over her shoulder, sir? Oh. Force damage. Force damage. Oh. Okay. So <laughs> how much damage? I don't, I have to oh, cut all that out now. It's now nine, I forgot how much. Nine <laughs> points of force damage. Nine points of force damage. Okay. Nine. That protection. Yeah, 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 yeah. One. Yeah. Um, okay. Oof. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> D. Look at D. Look. Yes. Anyway, off you go. D. Alessandra. Alessandra. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to skip up. To stand next oh. to Buggy, Buggy. Sirius, yes. he's yes. going to then do the crossbow attack, mm. hitting armor class twenty-three. Is a hit. Doing sneak damage of sixteen, and sorry, that was the wrong dice there. Yeah, and a further dice all over the place. Yeah, nine points. So that's twenty-five so points of damage. There. Yes, yes. Then a rapier attack. Mm -hmm. Hitting. Okay, this could be a biggie. Oh, Ooh, it's not great. Number. No, that misses. And then, yes. going to move 10 back. Moving further away, back to the edge of the arena. Using your... Mobile feet, so I don't get an attack of opportunity against me. Yeah, absolutely understood. That was D. Okay, finally. Okay, so now it is pitch blade. First of all, Procyon. Uh, Procyon is surrounded or being being flagged down by referees. He shouts, Death all glory! 
and he starts running towards Parker and Sessions. Um, with the the mouths of the refereeing staff are agape as he defies their instruction. Yeah, and he starts running towards Parker. Basically, he's just making a beeline for Parker. So he gets just in front of the throne, basically in a line between the throne and Sessions, that you hear a kind of clunk, cranking kind of sound from up above, up where the throne area is, and the ground underneath Procyon disappears as a pit opens up underneath him. He, his arms windmill, yeah, he tries to <laughs> grab the edge. He rolls to see if he can and rolls an 11, which is not enough. And he plummets out of view down into a pit. You hear the sound <laughs> that you would expect to hear if an ogre was to land on a leopard. <laughs> a sort of a sort of squeak and a sort of oh dear. Um, because that's how leopards sound. That will do for that will do for Procyon. And the um, I think we can sort of abstract this a little. Our friends, the referees, start scurrying up towards the edge of the pit, uh, looking extremely cross. They have been defied. Talabir is standing on the uh, in front of the throne with with the Rachnian kind of trying to look round him. Yes, Talabir is get him out, remove him from the pit. He's been disqualified. Is there something above us making these pit traps? There's a thing in the in the throne kind of uh, area. There are people mm. with readied actions in that uh, sort of area. There, I will just wonder whether they're creating pit traps where they want them. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. So, uh, I'm looking at all the pit traps, Graham. Okay. So there are pit traps. Right. I thought they might have a device that was creating pit traps. No, no, no. Yeah, they, well, they do. They do. And they used it to create pit traps before Stone the fight started. Stone-shaped them or whatever, yeah. Sirius. Well, Sirius is in trouble. He saw briefly his um, brother running towards him and then disappear, <laughs> disappear into a hole in the ground, which is obviously not popular. What is Sirius going to do? Well, Sirius is a nutter. So what Sirius is going to do is he's going to attack the nearest person he can. And I'm afraid that that is Buggy. But having, you know, the form from last week, um, he's probably going to miss Buggy. But let's give it a shot. He doesn't have much else in his locker, to be honest. So let's start with the first roll, rolling a d20. Ooh, getting a 19, hitting armor class 30. Well, that's it. I will use my reaction to do a Wrath of Storm. Maxed yeah, now out that reaction, with... sorry, just very briefly, does that reaction interrupt before you take any damage? or When a creature within five feet of you that can see hits you, that you can see mm. hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction to cause the creature to make a dex saving throw. Okay, so I think we make the dex saving throw now, right? Yeah, before I take the damage. Okay, and we'll always um, remember well, to play it that really, way in the yeah, future. it's not really that clear. Uh, what's the DC of the deck save? It's a DC 13. Okay, it makes that dexterity save. Okay, it just takes eight points of... Shall I do lightning or thunder? Uh, thunder damage. I'll do eight points of thunder damage. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's you're hastening poor old Sirius along in his path towards the afterlife. Just a little bit. Uh, he hits you for his um, uh, standard damage. You take the following. Um, you may, you're raging, so you know you're going to mm. be taking a lot off this. Um, that is 14, uh, uh, 24. Are you resistant to all types of damage? Everything except psychic. Okay, so I'll just I'll, I'll bundle it all up together. 24, 25, uh, 30 points of damage from his first blow. Yep. So I'm halving that, am I? 
You're halving that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then his second attack, he rolls. Oh, only a nine. Hitting armor class 20. Yes. Uh, you take a further. Again, this is all bundled up together because it's all the same as far as you're concerned. Um, a further uh, 11, uh, 21, uh, 23, another 28 points of damage. Okay. Yeah. That is it for him. Um, I'm just going to see if there's anything else that he can do. No, there's nothing else he's going to do as a bonus action or anything weird like that. Um, so he's clearly fighting on. Burple on five. I'm going to uh, shout surrender. And because I can't reach anybody, I'm just going to move up next to session. Okay. And then on 23, it's Parker. You, Burple, D, and the spiritual weapon are all basically orbiting Sirius now, who looks... Parker, you think Sirius looks quite close to the end. Okay. Right. Well, I'm going to go up and do the same again. Mm -hmm. So this time, two steps forward towards him. Yeah. And then the and old... The death the by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Snippy, uh, Rita, snippy, you can snippy. go off now if you want to make a cup of tea, Rita. <laughs> yeah. uh, now is the time to do so. L leave the show running, and when, when you come back, 22. Parker will have hit him 18 times for seven points of damage. <laughs> 22 is a hit. I mean, I could do the morning one go if you no, want no, to. No, no, it's just... Uh, well, yeah, well, just, let's just zoom Near through. 22. Mind, seven points. Yeah, seven points of damage. Yeah, got it. Second one. Oops, no, that's the wrong one. Yes, it's looking... He's looking... Second attack... Uh, 13. Is a miss. Is a miss. Third attack. Third attack is... Oh, miss. God, a 10. It's a miss. There's another miss. Yeah. Bloody annoying. Fourth attack. Oh, that's a 21. 21 is a hit. Yep, yep, yep. Is a hit. Uh, yep. Doing... Um, uh, six points of damage. <sighs> okay, yep. And I'm just going to... No, I haven't I mean, got any more key points. You just feel like That's because it. he's raging and you're doing and then, like six points of damage each time yeah, and he's taking damage off that you're really not, you know. Yeah, and then I'm going to take two further steps back. Yeah, just keep yourself out of danger in sessions. It's your round on 22. Yeah, I think. Yes. It's whether to try something exciting or just. How wounded does he look? I mean, give me a medicine check. Oh, medicine. I studied that at school quite well. 18. Uh, you think he looks... Um, how do I put this? Another wafer-thin mint moment. No, not quite a wafer-thin mint moment. No, you think he looks like he can take another round or two of punishment, but that would be the end of him. Bearing in mind that he is raging, therefore he is taking only half damage from a lot of the damage um, effects mm. that are being rained upon him. And, for example, Parker is doing, like, 14, 15 points of damage around. That's, yeah. probably, turning, that's probably six or seven in total. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, so it's, it's more about attrition. He doesn't seem to be very well, but he doesn't seem to be losing what he has very quickly. So my damage was cold damage. I don't know if that... So your, your resistance buggy against mm. everything except psychic, is that from raging? Yeah, it's a... a kind of variation on the rage or maybe he's got the same thing uh, even if he has normal it'll be slashing piercing and bludgeoning yeah but not cold not i think cold. it would be unusual if he had the kind of rage thing that i had i think okay but okay i'm going to uh well i was thinking he, hmm. 
Is everyone still using the bless? Yeah. Well, <laughs> not all of us had it. Okay, those of you that were, it's still proving useful. So I'll just do yeah. uh, tumbling dice on him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC 15 wisdom save. DC 15 wisdom save. He rolls a 10. That is not a fail. So he takes... Oh, oh, three. <laughs> three points, okay. Again, I mean, you know. I feel like I made my contrary, at which point I... Uh, Your general sense is that Buggy is doing loads of damage on this person, that D is doing some damage, and that Parker is just not really doing very much, and nor are you. Yeah. Oh, dear. I mean, mostly because Parker... But Parker's not doing very much damage in the first place, right? Parker, a good round from Parker is 15, 16 it could be points di- in total. Yeah. It may not be nothing to do with... It may be nothing to do with raging oh, or damage resistance. skin or something. Or resistance. So take the first no, no, ten oh, points. Sorry, off. I, I, maybe I'm misstating myself. The reason that Parker doesn't doing doesn't seem to be doing very much damage, yeah, is that Parker doesn't do very much damage. It's nothing yeah. to do with any clever resistances. Parker is rolling like a D six, whereas Buggy is doing loads of damage. Now that may be being resisted, but anyway. Okay. Well, I mean that's what they're there to do. Yeah. So Buggy, oh, we've moved right. on from sessions. Is that done? Yeah. Kind of okay, Buggy. Here we go with, with your with your adequate sword, adequate uh, axe, sword, whatever it is. <gasps> no, oh, it's not good enough. Rolled off the eight and um, nineteen plus one d four. Nineteen is a hit. No, nineteen is a hit. And I do the following damage: sixteen points of damage, two of which is cold. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, and then right. my yes, spiritual weapon. Yes, you can weapon. sort of feel him creaking. Uh, misses. Oh dear. Uh, d on fourteen. Unless you're moving, Buggy. Um, I might just move five foot. I'll move slightly round to the side. I don't know why. Right, so you're sort of circling him. Okay, yeah. D. Uh, he's going to move ten foot towards him. Yes. He's going to do the uh, crossbow attack. I can hear the smug in the voice. Yeah. Hitting arm class 21. That's a hit. Doing sneak attack of 13. And, and, the, main, and the main damage of... And the main damage of 10, 23... Yes, he's creaking, he's teetering. Oh, rapier does 11, it's never enough. Mm, it's not going to be enough, and now it's him, unless and you're running away. And yeah. I'm moving behind I'm Parker. I'm moving. Behind Parker, so moving up north it's behind Parker. It's left with just Buggy to attack, which is what it does. First attack rolls. Oh dear, only a six, hitting armor class 17. Not going to be enough, right? Not enough, not enough. And... An 11, so hitting armor class 22 with the second attack. That is it, and I'll use my Wrath of Storm again. Oh, okay, okay, fine. So, he, can he make a DC 13? Yeah, no, no, he can't. So, I roll D6 twice, thun- D8 and this twice. this is lightning damage, or what is it? Um, what is it? It's thunder, thunder damage. damage, 13 points of thunder damage. Ooh, I mean, he's just sort of rocking backwards and forwards. He's a bit like... But he's got enough left in him. Um, Still not wanting to surrender. Well, so now I'm lost onto where we were. I've got to roll damage damage from that attack. Yeah. Yeah. So the first uh, 2d12, a 10, and a uh, and a 12, 22, 32 points of uh, 32 plus another d6 plus 5 32 37 42 points of damage wow <sighs> okay yeah. 21 then i take mm-hmm. um yep still alive that resistance is excellent for the uh, it is 
It is absolutely excellent. Johnny, did um, you forget to do the spiritual weapon? No. No. You okay. missed. Okay. missed. Yeah. Um, and that is serious. Is I mean, he's looking like it's the end. Purple on five. Surrender. Okay, can we have a wisdom save DC 14, please? I'm going to use the voice. The voice. The voice. I mean, you're singing. Oh, I'm going to block my ears. I'm uh, no, he can't make that. How much damage is that? Uh, it's only 3d6. It's a first level, but... What kind of damage is it? Psychic. Oh. Okay, give me the damage. Uh, 12. 12 points of damage. He, he, puts, he drops his axes. He puts his hands to his ears, like can't understand it. Shakes his head and then drops to his knees and collapses onto the floor of the arena and the crowd goes bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> and with a swift swipe of my axe, I chop his head off and raise it above. Do you? <laughs> no. What? I'm not allowed to do that, am I? No. Do I get disqualified? No, you don't. It's don't up to you. Do that. Time, time no. to make the decision. I'm no, not doing no, that. No, no, no. I just okay. want to do that. Uh, he collapses onto the floor of the arena, and attendants kind of jump from everywhere, right? Um, pages and... Uh, medics and uh, cleaners and everything and, and, and officials and referees. The, um, the, the, the pit that Procyon has fallen into is closed up. You can hear a kind of clunking sound and the, the doors, whatever. Yep. They've obviously decided that he's so completely unhinged that they would rather he was left down there with a leopard than, than brought back up. The crowd are just absolutely crazy with delight. Um, I you shall have defeated. Turn and start wandering nonchalantly back to the lift. Yeah, you have. Uh, well, I mean, and the lift uh, attendants kind of ring the lift. Talabir, Talabir walks down the little side steps that run down from the throne, walks out into the centre of the arena, kind of raises a hand for sort of quiet, and the crowd quietens down. A flayer slayers, led by your brave and able captain, uh, Duntrel Spinetti. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you have won your second bout of the competition, and you move through to day three of the Games of Misrule. I go like, yeah. Arachnian uh, looks unhappy. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of he he does a thing where he kind of he he does that thing where he leans back a little bit and he just kind of beckons Ocaral, his head of security, forward, who leans in. There's a little bit of a whispered conversation that they have. Uh, kind of covered by the sound of the crowd. And then as soon as he realises that maybe he's being observed and he's not looking quite as pleased as he should do, he sort of produces this, he's got pin on that grin, he produces this sort of simper. <laughs> he stands in front of the crowd, he raises his hands, looks, you know, and he sort of uh, looks around, he kind of gestures to you, lots of kind of um, theatrical clapping. Yeah. Uh, uh, Talabir comes out into the centre of the arena and... Uh, it is time for me to present you with your prizes. Where is your manager? Uh, and there's no sign of Garth Southportal. You're thinking about it. You've not seen him since you left him with his sister. Yeah. <laughs> seen we weeping. <laughs> in uh, weeping. Weeping in despair. Yeah, I've, I've listened back to some of that stuff. And frankly, um, it, it was uncalled for the way that you handled that. But anyway. <laughs> 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 we send him a note. It opens with, have you seen 28 days later? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolute genius. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
it's time to present you with your uh, trophy. First of all, you receive a handsome uh, cash prize. So he's, he's, he's slightly kind of discombobulated by the fact that Garth Southport is not there. I shall present the trophy and the winnings to your captain, uh, Bunkle Udley. Uh, he kind of... He, 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 uh, he puts a hand out to kind of gesture you forward, Buggy. Yeah, yeah I step forward. Crowd I, I kind of forward. cheering. Oh, yeah, you jump and I spin spring around. He kind of watches you bounce forward. around like, I don't know, you know, like a cat watching a fish in a tank. Yeah, there's a sort of bit of a, the, the mask slips a bit with old Talabir. Maybe he's getting a little bit tired of your uh, whatever. Uh, Dunkle Chuntley, here is your prize. First of all, this a purse of 5,000 gold pieces. Hey. Hey. Go. <sighs> he hands over this really theatrically kind of clinking purse to you. Buggy, yeah. Yeah, I'll drop into my bag of holding. this attractive, crafted by only... Sorry, crafted by only the finest artisans. This attractive dwarf gladiator trophy. And he produces this sort of uh, figurine. It's about... The, I mean, it's about seven inches high. It looks like it's made of silver. Looking at it, you think it's probably worth a bit of money. Um, and he holds it above his hand. It, sorry, he holds it above his head. It catches the light. The crowd kind of... Uh, uh, very appreciative. He hands it over to you. You can kind of cradle it. Yes? Yeah, I'll lift it up. And just turn, May make a we big have circle. one more warm, uh, even star round of applause for our winners this evening. The Flail Slayers! Can we do a lap of honour or Ocarell something? stands sort of reluctantly when he realises that other people are standing. Yeah. Um, and applauds you and the, the stewards start ushering you towards the elevator. Burple's already there. Sessions okay. never left. You know. You see the first kind of ka-chunk as the elevator drops that first little inch to show that it's ready to take you down into the scenery. And as you head to the elevator, you feel Ooh. the benevolence of Ort ah. ah. looking down upon you. And the energy of the world, the energy of your destiny suffuses you. And you lift, and you are lifted to the to the uh, legendary heights of ninth, ninth level. Nice. Wow! Ooh. Awesome. What does a bar get? Find get out Ooh. about what you pick at ninth level and how you progress and all of that other stuff when we pick things up next week. Nice. Thank you. Like lovely. Nice. Quite, Very good. Quite like Excellent. looking forward to that, that was, one. That was that stroke was cool. of genius, Dan. Absolute stroke of genius. So how many Rich. rounds was that? That was what? That five or six rounds? Three. Yeah, or four, well, yeah maybe. Yeah. That would have been seriously difficult. If so everybody turned up for something yes. that lasted 30 seconds. The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Champion's Belt and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Champion's Belt was written by Tito Lietti. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening.